And today, uh, final thing, uh, we have a guest speaker. His name is Hal Howler, and he is a dear friend. Let me tell you who he is, okay? Uh, This guy loves to help plant churches, and he's planted several churches in the past. He loves God, and he loves people. And uh, Trent, uh, when he got the idea about Epic uh, several years ago, uh, sought out Hal and picked his brain. And Hal, from a distance, has been walking with us during this journey. I've gotten to know him the last couple years here, and he's just a great guy. And uh, it's really cool because today he's heard about you guys. He's heard about Epic. He's been praying for you guys and everything, but he's never been to a service. So we thought, well, why don't we just throw him up here and he gets to speak today. So anyways, um, he's going to be coming to us today and uh, speaking to us today. So um, we're going to show a short uh, video just to thank you fathers. But after that, when he comes up, just give him a big welcome as he's just been from a distance cheering us on. And uh, it'll be great to have him today. So check out this video. Wow, what a great video, huh? Happy Father's Day to all of you dads. And yes, that's, um, I'm going to play that joke on Trent whenever I start a church. His first day, make him speak. How's that sound? I'm really happy to be here. I'm a dad too, and I have two wonderful teenagers. I have a boy and a girl, and they're both here this morning. So it's a very special day for me. You know, uh, at Epcot, many of you have been there. You know, there's a place when you first walk in, there's these giant slabs of black granite that are all over. I mean, just like tons and tons of granite. And there's a big sign that says, leave your legacy. Maybe you've seen it. And for a certain fee, they will take your picture and they photochemically transfer it onto these granite rocks. So that all of, uh, for all time, really, your picture will be on this granite stone. And hundreds, if not thousands of people have already put this little tiny picture of themselves on these big granite stones. You ever wonder why we do things like that? Why would we we put our picture on a stone where a lot of people we don't know will actually see us? Because I think deep down inside, everybody wants to leave a legacy. Everybody wants to feel like, you know, their life counts that somehow or another, your life really matters. Everybody wants to know that they've put a mark on this life as they've been journeying through. And so since it's Father's Day, I I thought we'd talk about this subject about how you actually leave a lasting legacy. And I think the secret is it starts with making important decisions, value decisions, making priorities about what really matters in life. And at the end of the day, the people you will most impact, the people you will have most of a legacy with are the people in your family. In fact, several of you, it was really important for you to be here at Epic Church on Father's Day because this in some way is a small measure of honoring your dad. In fact, several of you, it was important for you to come worship here because you're a dad And just by coming, you know this would be a way to honor your family by showing up. So this morning, I want to specifically talk to you dads to help you think about what it means to really leave a legacy. Now, after giving your life to the Lord and after being a Christ follower, I think the most important thing that you need to do is to make sure that your family is a top priority. Have you ever seen those priority scenarios in magazines where you have to make a tough decision? Like, 
it'll give this scenario. You're in a rubber raft and you're with your wife and you're headed to a remote island and the life raft is seeking and you've got three things in the boat. You've got some signal flares, some canned food and some water and you have to throw over one of these in order to make land. So what do you overthrow? I mean, what do you do? Someone in the first service says, you throw your wife overboard because she can swim. But I don't know if that's really a good option. <laughs> Probably not a good answer. Well, what do you do? You know, Jesus was faced with this. He was faced with a, a priority question. And it said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, Jesus said. That's it. And if you miss this, and you miss the most important thing in life, you miss out on your relationship with him. Number one, love God. And then he says, number two, love other people. You know what's interesting about this? That both of these are about relationships. Of all the commands that Jesus could have come up with from the Old Testament, and there are many, he says, relate to God in the right way, and then relate to other people in the right way. Make that your priority in life. You know why? Because relationships honestly sometimes slip on our priority list. And this is especially difficult for us as men, right? As fathers and as husbands. Because it's easy for us to spend our energy and our time in the pursuit of money or maybe certain accomplishments or achievements or fame. But in the process of pursuing those things, we can neglect the very thing that's the most important, our relationship with God and our relationship to others. That's why Jesus said, Make this the most important thing in life. Now, it just doesn't happen by itself. You have to make it a priority, especially with your family. Why? Because it's really easy to take them for granted. Because we can get focused doing our thing, and before long, we've forgotten. If you really think that God is important, you'll understand how important your family really is. If you're a parent... You really only get one shot at raising your children. And then they grow up, and then they move away. You know, a few years ago, Billy Graham did an interview with David Frost. And David Frost had talked to him about all the great things that he had done in his life. He talked about all the millions of lives that had been touched through his ministry. All the countries he had gone to, all the presidents and dignitaries that he was able to have meals with. He said, you've just lived an amazing life. And near the end of the interview, he asked Billy Graham, he says, do you have any regrets? And Billy Graham, without hesitation, says, you know, I was away from home a lot, and I really regret missing those moments with my kids. Man, if he says that, then I need to listen, because there's nothing more important than that. You have to make your family a priority. How do I set my priorities? Well, let me just give you a few very practical ways you can do this. Things move up the list of your priorities when first you plan them. It all starts with planning. Well, what is it that I would like to plan with my family that would be fun and meaningful? 
Almost 20 years ago, my, my wife and I were married. And when we got married, we said, you know, we ought to plan into our life. We ought to plan a time where once a week, we just go out and maybe get some pizza or go out for a meal and then just do something fun like watch a movie or go out on a date or something like that. And then, you know, whenever we get kids, it would be really awesome if, if we could do that together as a family, something we could look forward to at least once a week. And for the past 20 years, that's what we've done. Every Friday night is pretty much our night to go out and just go out for pizza and maybe watch a movie or do something fun. It became a priority. It becomes a priority when you plan it. The second is you actually schedule it. You got to put a place and time to it. And you, you have permission, by the way, to put your family in your schedule. So you say, you know what? I'm going to make a day with my husband and wife. And it's going to be such and such a place. Or I'm taking my kids to the movies on Friday night. Or I'm calling my parents tonight. And you put a time and a place, and you don't let any of those things get in the way of that schedule. And number three is you actually do it. And you don't break the appointment. And you do what you say you're going to do, and you're going to follow through on your schedule. If you want to show your family that you love them, then you won't break those things. Even if it means maybe you, you break a a deal with some important client because your family comes first. It's a top priority. Here's the second thing, is build on the little things. You know, it's really the little things that draws in a close relationship. You know, <clears throat> men, we normally think if, if I'm going to get my relationship to get better, like with my kids or my wife, I got to do something big, right? I always got to do something big. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my kids to Disney World, you know, and we're going to spend the whole week and we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're going to have memories. But then over time, if six months trans transpires, they begin to forget that experience. It's not in the, the big time one events. It's just in the everyday little things. And that's where the difference is made. Kids don't need a big thing. They need little things, doing those everyday things. In fact, first Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 says this. It's a list that you and I can do. It says love is patient. It's kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not even demand its own way. Love is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. Check that word out, you know, patience. Now there's a thing you can practice on an everyday basis. Patience means like when you're getting ready for church in the morning. And, and you're ready before your wife and your kids are ready. Don't get in the car and start honking until they get out. Now, I want you to know, we've never done that in my family because we drive two cars to church. That's why. <laughs> Patience means when you're working on a project with your kids and they're pretty much stumped, you don't just say, hey, just give it to me. I'm going to do it for you. Patience means that you don't just finish other people's sentences for them. Notice that word kind. It's kind. Kind means you just practice love every day in regular kinds of ways. You know, we'll say, I love you, but hey, hands off to my last bowl of ice cream. You can't have that. Kindness is letting go. It's, it's even giving the things that you want. It's demonstrating it. In fact, the scripture says, love keeps no record of when it's been wrong. Now, here's the truth. 
you and I live in a very imperfect world with imperfect people. And trust me, it's very easy to record things that we've been wronged by. It's easy for us to catalog offenses. It's easy for us to be hurt and to ruminate and rehearse over those things. And in this everyday kind of way, we're supposed to let those things go and let them die. We're supposed to forgive and no longer be mad and angry, but just to let it go. Otherwise, every time you have an argument, you're always going to be bringing up those lists of things that you've been offended. You kind of use it as a battering ram. Just let it go because love gets rid of the list. First Peter says, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. You know, there's one group of people you can never fool. You know who that is? It's your family. Can't fool your family. They know who you are. And what you do really makes a difference. The Bible talks not only about the right thing to do, but it also says here's some things not to do. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. It's where other people are just as important as you are. See, selfishness, pride, man, these are the kinds of attitudes, man, they just ruin relationships. And they're the ones that you have to watch out for in your life. Dad, it's these little things that we can do that can make a huge difference in our family life. Now, what's the one thing as a dad can do that can make the greatest difference in their family? Is it play catch with their kids? Is it to make the ball games? Is it to help them with their homework. I think all those are, are really good ideas. And I think they're extremely important. But, but there's one thing. Notice it in Ephesians 6. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You know, most dads kind of tend to swing in one direction or the other when it comes to this area of discipline. They're either like Godzilla or they're like Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Right? They can be really heavy-handed or they can just have that easy touch like a teddy bear. Now, I want you to know something about God and his discipline. It never shames you. It never makes you feel like you've been punished. In fact, even though it may be difficult, you always come away feeling like you've been cared for. And these verses, they say, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's what we just did here just a few minutes ago, saying this is what we are dedicating our lives to do. And these verses are specifically addressed to dads. Why? Because I think that God knew we would be tempted to give up one of our greatest opportunities in life. We get so caught up in the successes that we forget about the incredible success that we can have in the lives of our own children to share that with them and tell them what a great difference he can make in their lives. If you never take the time to talk to them about God, they're never going to think it's important. So you got to make the time. You got to tell them. 
How do you talk to your kids about God? Sometimes it can feel awkward. I mean, what would I say? What, what would I do? Well, let me give you a couple ideas. If you have younger kids, dads, just read to them. Read some verses in the Bible or just get one of those Bible story books and just read it to them. Or before they go to bed, just sit by their bed and just say a prayer with them. As your kids get older, open yourself up to them and talk to them about their life and talk about the decisions that they're making and help steer and guide them to make sure that God is first in their life. See, that's just one little thing you can do to make a difference in the everyday life of stuff. So make it a priority. Build on the little things and then never, ever give up. The Bible says that love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures in every circumstance. Now, I want you to know that this word that's being used, it's a very interesting word. It comes with the word picture. It has this picture of a soldier who would tie his leg to another soldier's leg before a battle. And they would do that so that when the enemy would come in and rush in to charge, one of those soldiers would not be tempted to run out of his foxhole and think about leaving. They were bound together. They were in this. They would not fight alone. I mean, it really is saying we are bound together. We're going to fight this thing through the end and we're going to do whatever it takes. And so you never give up. Of course, you want to give up. It's hard sometimes to hope one more time. I, I don't know if I can fight my way through this one more time. I don't know if I've got the energy. And because some of us give up, we settle for less. And so... We have a problem or friction with, friction with our kids and so we just settle to not talk with them or to deal with them. We have issues or problems with our wife and so instead of working through, we just say, well, I'm just gonna settle for a divorce. Or we settle with that feeling inside that says, well, I guess it's never going to work. Or we tell ourselves, I'm never gonna do that again. I'm never gonna wanna get burned or hurt that way again. But love, love never gives up. I mean, what difference could it make today for, you, for your wife and for your kids if you were to say to them, no matter what happens, no matter how far apart we feel, I will always love you. I will always be there for you. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. How do you know if you've given up or you feel like giving up? One of the indicators is you stop praying. And when you start praying again, the hope begins to rise. It emerges. And God tells us that even in the very difficult situations, to hang in there, Get the grit, endure, persevere, and pray. And don't give up. And when you pray, you begin to see God work. And you may want to give up, but my encouragement to you is don't do it. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your brothers or your sisters or your parents. Don't do it. 
Dad, you be the one that says, I'm going to stay and I'm going to keep on hoping and believing. You be the one that says, I'm going to face this with you. You be the one that says, I'm going to look forward to my future with you. You be the one who says, even though I just want to run and hide, we're going to overcome this thing together. Your wife, your family, they need your fortitude, they need your courage, they need your perseverance, they need your encouragement, and they need your leadership. Dad, your relationship holds the family together. It keeps it stable, it keeps it sure, it takes it secure and strong. As the Bible teaches, you're the spiritual head of your family, and so you are to love them and to lead them. Now, I'm confident in a crowd this size that one of you is deciding, even now, that you're not going to give up on your marriage. And you believe in your heart, your marriage is going to be saved. Right now, some of you are deciding to take action. I'm going to make a call to my brother and to my sister. I talked to someone after the first service. He said, I haven't talked to my sister in five years. I'm going to do it. Some of you are deciding some very important things right now because you're going to want to see those relationships be put back together because you know that love is the main thing. And you're going to fight for what matters because you know at the end of the day, love wins. So you don't give up. You might be thinking, well, if I do this, if I hang in there, if I go all the way through the gauntlet, are you going to promise me that everything is going to be fine? My answer to you is, no, I can't promise that. Because there's somebody else on the other side. They may give up. But don't let it be said of you that you were the one who gave up. I mean, look at God's promise to those who persevere. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Where do you find the strength to not give up? When you're tired and when you hurt, you go to God because God is love and he has an infinite supply to give you. And when you tap into his love, you realize that's the only thing that's really going to last. And it's the only life priority that's gonna be with you in this life and the life to come. How are we to love? Jesus says, love as I have loved you. You might say, well, I can't love like Jesus. I mean, he was perfect. I'm not. You're right. That's why you need Jesus Christ in your life every day so that he can love through you. You need God's power in your life to love because love is the main thing in life. And you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Do you know what the distinguishing sign of a Christian is? It's not a cross. It's not a dove. It's not a fish on the back of somebody's car. It's not even a crown. The distinguishing sign of a Christian is love. 
A few years ago in southern Ohio, there was a high school football game. And on one of the teams, there was a boy, and this boy's name was Jake Porter. Jake had a disorder called chromosomal fragile X, which means he was cognitively challenged. But man, Jake, he, he loved football. And all the way through high school, he was sort of, kind of, on the team. I mean, he came to all the practices. He would always work out with the team every day. He would dress in full gear for every game, even though he knew he would never, ever get to get into a game. That he would never play one down of football. And the last game of the season, his coach, Dave France, wanted Jake to get into a game. And he wanted to play him at least one down in his football career. So we talked to the coach of the opposing team, and he explained Jake's situation. And he said, I know this is kind of unusual, but I'd really like for Jake to have this kind of experience. Would it be okay if perhaps the score is lopsided at the end so it won't affect the outcome of the game if we just put Jake in for one play? I mean, we've practiced this all week that maybe Jake could get into the game. We're going to give him a handoff, and he knows he's supposed to go right to his knee. So he can put his knee to the ground, it will end the game, and there will be no risk in hurting him. No one will have to worry about that. So the other coach, he thought about it, and he said, okay, yeah, that'll be fine, that'll be okay. So they play the game. Five seconds to go in the game. Jake's team is losing 42 to nothing. Jake's coach calls a timeout because his team has the ball. He's going to put Jake in the game. And all of a sudden, the coach comes running across the, the field, and he's pointing, and he's waving. And Jake's coach wonders, oh, man, I probably just made him really upset. I mean, what's going on? Is he, is he mad? And he comes over to Jake's coach, and he says, listen, you can put Jake in the coach right now. But I don't want Jake to just put a knee on the ground. I want Jake to score. Now, you have to understand, his team is going to lose the shutout. He's the head coach. Not only is he the head coach, he's the defensive coordinator. It's a big deal if you understand that shutout. But he's offering this. And so Coach France says, well, I just want you to know, we, we haven't practiced this with Jake I mean, he's just done the knee thing. We haven't practiced the scoring thing. The other coach said, you just get Jake the ball and we'll all make sure he scores. So Jake's coach goes back to the huddle and he looks at Jake who's in the huddle. They used to call each other big boy. So Jake's coach turns to him and says, big boy, you're going to go to the house. And Jake begins to jump up and down. And when the team lines up the quarterback, they call Jake's play, 84 ISO. The ball snapped, he hands it to Jake. And what happens next will go down in Ohio high school state history. Jake had practiced taking the knee so many times, he started to go down. And his knee came within just a couple inches of the ground. And the whole team was yelling at him, don't go down, Jake. Don't go down. So he stands back up. And then he starts taking a few steps backwards. 
And they say, no, Jake, you got to go forward. You got to go towards the end zone. So he looks at his teammates pointing to the end zone. His coaches and everybody else on the sidelines, they're all pointing to the end zone. The opposing team is pointing to the end zone. The referees are pointing to the end zone. And Jake walks slowly up towards the line of scrimmage. And 21 players part in front of him like it's the Red Sea and Moses. And he takes off for the promised land. 49 yards, one step after another. This kid who had practiced with the team for years, but knew he would never get into a game, runs as fast as he can. Everybody on the sidelines is running with him, both sidelines. And Jake Porter scores a touchdown, and the bleachers explode. People are yelling, they're cheering, they're crying, they're hugging each other. I mean, a lot of the boys in that game who are a part of that moment, when they grow up to be old men, they're going to forget the details a lot of games they've played in. They'll forget about how many yards they gained, how many passes they caught, how many tackles they made, and they'll even forget the scores of games. But not a single one of them will ever forget the day that Jake Porter scored a touchdown. And none of them will ever forget that day. Folks, love will last. Love is enduring. Love will always be remembered. So never give up. Build on the little things. Don't neglect your family. Make them your top priority. Let's pray. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to give you a moment to think. Where are you on this love things? Dad, I want to talk to you first. What is it you got to rearrange and prioritize to make sure that love is preeminent in your life for God, for your family, and others? For some of you, you've been here and God's been stirring in your heart and there's something you need to open up to him. He's been talking to you about something. I just want you to know the answer is yes. Just say yes, God, whatever it is. And make your heart open and follow to him. And say, God, I'm going to plan it. I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to do it. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for being a part of Epic Church. The opportunity to gather, to worship you, to be a part of your power and your presence. May it be said of us, every one of us, that this is a place where people love and they never give up. We pray for your favor, for your blessing. We worship you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Would you uh, help? Thank me. Thanks, Al. This is a great reminder that we will never forget things that are done in love. Well, hey, next week we are starting a new two-part series called... Um, 
untouchable and unlovable. And so you won't want to miss that series next week that begins. And then also, if you're interested in the Joe Gibbs event, uh, right after the service, meet uh, Gary up here and up front. And then also, if you would like um, to help Serge out as well on your way out uh, and doing that as well. Well, we are so glad that you were here today to spend your Father's Day, at least a part of it. Uh, Go out and buy your father a steak today and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, today, I just have several announcements for you. The first is that um, if you notice on your way in, Serge, our student ministry is gathering candy for the 4th of July parade. So um, last week, we said, hey, if you could bring in some bags of candy that won't melt in the sun or something like that, um, you can do that today. You can drop it off and meet Cody, uh, who leads the charge for our student ministries out there as well. Uh, If you forgot about it, hey, run out, bring it back or something like that but they'll also be there next week as well, so you can help us out by that so we can, you know, pelt people. No, I mean throw out candy during the uh, parade there. Um, So they'll be doing that in several weeks to let uh, the community know more about Surge and then Epic as well. Uh, Coming up July 8th, we are having a baptism at Flagler Beach on 16th Street North. And so uh, if you have never been baptized and you have put your faith and become a Christ follower, uh, then follow up with baptism. Baptism is simply saying to everyone, hey, here's the inward decision that I made about God and about Jesus. And I want to tell the rest of uh, the world that I am a Christ follower. And together as a family, we get to celebrate you for making that decision uh, with baptism. And then also what we're doing, something a little bit different, we are having uh, their epic day at the beach. So most of the time we've had epic day at the parks. So at five o'clock when you come to the baptism, right after that, bring your food to feed yourself or to feed friends or feed family, uh, whatever you want to do for that. And we are going to you know, play some beach games, frisbee, I don't know. We'll come up with some crazy things there as well and hang out at the beach right after the baptism. So invite some friends, invite some family. If they haven't been to Epic and you're like, hey, let's check out the church. Well, hey, come check out a distance at Epic at the beach or something like that as well. And then we got a special event coming up. Uh, Joe Gibbs, I don't know if you know him. He is uh, a former NFL. Uh, coach who won the Super Bowl with the Redskins three times, and now he is a NASCAR owner, and they've won like I think four championships in the in the last several years or something like that uh, in NASCAR. He, uh, right before the race, he is coming to town, and he is going to be speaking at Indian Trails Middle School, um, and we're partnering with several other churches in the area. And what he would like to do is he would like to speak to those who are far from God or who are checking out God. And so if you would like to come hear him speak and you have a friend or two uh, or three uh, that are far from God or been kind of checking out God and would love to hear his journey of faith and his journey of how he grew up and and what God has meant to him, then come out. It's a breakfast at uh, 6.30, so it's kind of early, 6.30 to 8. So... Drink the coffee, I guess, all night or something. I don't know. Uh, If you're not a morning person, just stay up all night. But um, Gary Antosh is going to be right up here at the front. And so if you are interested in that, he'll give you more details about that event that's coming up on July 10th. And then uh, on a regular basis, you know, God desires for us to get involved with our time, our talents, and our resources as well. 
And so there's many ways that you can serve here at Epic, uh, through Epic Kids or on the tech team or on the prep team. But also God desires that we give back a portion of what he's given to us to continue to help uh, reach those in the community who need to know him, to continue to experience the things that you experience here uh, or that your kids experience in the kids' areas. And so there's two ways that you can give back. You can give back uh, through our online giving at theepicchurch.com. Or also through our giving boxes, one located here and then one also in the lobby as well. And if you've noticed, if you've been to the 11 o'clock service, it's getting full and uh, we need your help. And so you guys are like awesome because you're the 915 crew. You're like up and ready. You're like hitting the beach after this or something like that. So that's not a problem. Um, But we want to open up seats because they're kind of getting full and we would like to make sure that everyone has a chair. So if you can continue to keep coming to the 915 service, that would be great. If you got some friends, say, hey, come to the 915 service. It's cool. They do some amazing cool stuff that they don't do at the 11 (laughs) o'clock service. Okay. So get them to come here. I I didn't say that. so anyways, um, but anyways, uh, if you could help us out in that way, we would love for you to uh, do that.